0: UX Podcast, episode 145.
1: Hi, and welcome to UX Podcast, balancing business, technology, and people, every other Friday from Stockholm, Sweden. I'm James Roy Lawson.
2: And I'm Pat Axbom. And today we have Jonas Söderström. Uh, he's been on the show, and y- you know all the numbers, always as always, James. What show number was he on?
1: 32. 32. Th- oh, that's a long time ago. Oh, <laughs> it's a serious long time ago. It's um, it's actually pretty much exactly four years ago. It was December
2: 2012. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Which is, which, which is a long time. And, um, I actually listened back at the episode before we t- um, talked to him this time, and... Oh, you, we're, we're better podcasters now. Per yeah, tell you. our
2: sound is a bit better than four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so Jonas Söderström, he's the author of Stupid Bloody System. Uh, the English version isn't quite out yet, uh, I don't believe. Is he doing one? Yes, he's doing one. I mean, because- Oh, oh so cool. many people people have asked him to do one so he's yeah, doing one.
1: I, I've I've been asking mm-hmm. him for I mean it's f- mm-hmm. to give some backstory um Jonas wrote um um the Swedish version of Stupid Bloody System um well 5 years ago. Yeah. I believe now. And it's an absolutely fantastic book mm. um giving um stories and examples of how um the the stupid bloody systems that we uh, have to use um cause not just usability problems, but also physical um, stress
2: and illness. Exactly, like burnout, uh, and, and just people calling in sick because they can't handle the systems. And he's also written uh, a book about web copy, and he's uh, writing a book about the Swedish blogosphere. So he, he I mean, he's an old timer in the Swedish usability industry or or branch. Or and uh, I mean, he still s- calls himself an information architect, which I kind of respect. Uh, mm. He's also cool. He was also um, actually brought on to a governmental task force working with uh, usability and accessibility in the digital, er- digital area uh, in 2012. So he's, he's well, well respected in the field. And uh, it will be really, really interesting talking to him today.
1: Yeah. I wonder, you know, have things improved in the four years since we <laughs> talked to him last? I, I
2: seriously doubt it.
1: <laughs> uh, let's 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 find out. <coughs>
2: So we've had our fair share of technical glitches uh, just before this interview. It's, it's just been insane. It took us half an hour to set up, which is just crazy. Uh, and both our kids called, James and my kid, uh, asking us about technical stuff at home. And for me, this is kind of symbolic for what we're about to talk to Jonas about. Is I mean, all these, the complexity of it all, it's all becoming so complex in the world. And... At the same time, all this technology is so vulnerable. So what can we do about it? What's the problem, what, and what should we be doing, Jonas? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Huge quest- question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, well, the first thing, I think, is that we have to be aware that we're adding complexity at an unprecedented pace now. Mm-hmm. And we see it in, in, in the vulnerabilities. We see it in the... Uh, i mean the attacks on on uh, all kind of networked items uh, there was a report the other day that sweden alone suffers like 1000 attacks uh on vital systems each month from hmm. the, from the each month yeah each month okay from the defense well one of the defense agencies that that monitors um, yeah. cyber attacks and it attacks and, and I mean, that's just the attacks. And we uh, we we were certainly not under attack from some foreign power here. Yeah. <laughs> when well, we had it.
1: Un- unless we class Netflix and um, my my son watching Danger Mouse, <laughs> <That's pretty laughs> right. right? Well, big attack on our bandwidth. <laughs>
0: okay, yeah, but but um, the complexity of things makes it very very vulnerable, uh, and we we're not really prepared for that. I think, um, and we have to rethink. Some of the strategies we have to rethink, some of the um, things we take for granted about efficiency and productivity and and so on. That's that's one of my pet peeves right now. Mm. We um, don't seem to get all the productivity out of the new digital environment, the new digital uh, ecosystems, all the new digital. Uh, systems that we add that we should get or that we mm. assume that we should get. Uh, the productivity gains are, are flattening out actually. So.
1: Well, even, yeah. even um, it's I- interesting when you say that, it's even the, the way that we measure and we d- talk about the productivity gains, I think, ignores the reality of many of these situations. Um, it's like w- recently my, my, my wife got a, a new laptop. Um, through work, because of course it's it would be more productive for them to have new laptops because their old laptops were on their knees and you know were three years old and had so many Windows updates they just was losing so many hours they'd worked out the they'd calculated how many hours they were losing because mm. of the old laptops, but they don't calculate how many hours they lose um, and how much stress they cause by changing them and things aren't sinking like they used to. Mm. Uh, you don't know where all the settings are because it's three years since you changed it last time. Um, you, you you have to have help from your husband to install <laughs> things because the IT department doesn't support certain things. Yeah. And and when you're at home or working from somewhere else, it's, it's complicated.
0: It is. And, and there's probably a net gain in there anyway, but it's certainly yeah. smaller than we think and smaller than it should be. And, and so the, it's, I think that in many respects uh, regarding IT, we're on sort of the curve of diminishing returns. Uh, we don't follow the Moore's law like whew, right mm-hmm. up in the sky. We're, we're mm-hmm. on another curve, and that's a curve of diminishing returns. It's flattening out. Um, and that's not strange because that's the thing. That's the way almost everything behaves in the world. And it would be strange if not digital, the digital uh, domain actually behaved in the same way. I mean, it's like antibiotics. You you get, at first you get a huge effect, you get a huge advantage from, from uh, using antibiotics and then it flattens out and, and if you use it too much, it's, it's <laughs> it could even be dangerous.
2: Mm. But it's interesting though, because I mean that is one of the most for, one of the foremost arguments for implementing IT solutions is we are making it more efficient and yeah. we are making people more productive, and the, in the end we are not doing that. And sometimes you think of UX as, as the domain where people will take care of this and and cater to people's needs and understand the challenges, and it seems that we aren't really doing that. We're actually making it worse in some cases because we're. Adding features and adding functionality and and expecting people to spend more time with our systems.
0: Yeah. Um there there is I, I've thought a lot about this sort of productivity paradox and mm-hmm. there have been people trying to explain it and try or actually I haven't really managed to explain it. But there are um several interesting things here. Um, we love to say that we simplify things with IT or with digital systems. That's not actually true anymore. We did that. We used to do that.
2: Mm.
0: I mean, when we started this whole (laughs) uh, revolution, like in the 1940s and in the 1950s, when you replaced uh, clerks and and people working in the banks where they were um, calculating compound interest by hand, and we replaced Mm. them with computers and machines –
1: yeah, we, we replaced
0: the abacus. We ab- exactly we <laughs> replaced the abacus. Um, we made enormous gains in productivity and efficiency, mm. uh, and we kept on getting good results for a number of years. But uh, I, I would say that we're now, in, in many cases, we're now at the point where we don't simplify anymore. We use IT. We use digital systems to be able to do new things. We add things. Mm. Uh, and a lot of these things are are good, I mean, and useful, and, 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 and needed, uh, but they're also the case that we add things that are not really useful, not really needed, and that adds to complexity and doesn't give a net return. Yeah. Uh, and this is especially true um, in in the workplace, which is my my focus, the focus of my work. Mm. Um, I mean, we we talk about feature creep, and we talk that thing, and we've always sort of uh, thought of that as a feature of of the engineer, of the nerd who who. Um, innovates and <laughs> finds out oh we could add all these mm. bells and whistles and we can add these 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 functions to, to this. What 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 we have now I th- would argue is that we have feature or we have feature creep from the organizations or within the organizations. Um, we have different groups, different units in an organization that will all demand their own um digital system their own mm. digital device their own thing um and that there there we we have sort of core the 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 core of the complexity because all these features all these devices uh caters to the need of a small unit or small group in the organization and but not to the in, the entire company and there and and so the usefulness for for one small part of the company becomes a, a problem for the
1: system as a whole and the organization as a whole isn't isn't one of the issues i mean i, I think as well about um this the, the enterprise side of things i've i've been working with an enterprise product now for the last 3 years um and i i've been reflecting a fair bit on how you know i'm there as a ux uh, a ux designer and um I've, we're working in agile teams, and they're developing, and they've got a backlog, and they've even got um, uh, some kind of um, product rumour. I guess that is driven by the the product management, uh, which is in its turn is mainly driven by the sales and the requests and demands from customers. So, so you get quite quickly quickly into the into the sales and procurement side of things. That what we're doing is we're developing to meet the needs of procurement to mm-hmm. land mm. deals yeah. and um, and when as as you know if we if you have at a scale and ux is is right at the at the at the end where we're kind of talking about the actual end users the the employees who are going to be using the system we're we're a complete opposite ends of yeah. this um communication um path i guess between mm-hmm. what do we need to do our jobs uh, what What do we want as an organization uh, you know where's the negotiation with sales and procurement and where's product management and where's ux and that's a long distance mm, to travel yeah. do you
0: ever tr- consider the interfaces of the internal
1: users when you develop those systems? Is that an issue i mean my focus when i 'm developing i'm I'm constantly wanting to know what the actual end users are doing and want to do mm. field research yeah. and see what they are. and 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 what I find very challenging is um, getting time in, in sprints to develop the the, 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 ideals, the the actual solution which would match their needs or finding yeah. out what their actual needs are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You end up having to back down to something that fits into a sprint. Sometimes that fits into yes. the next release, yeah. mm-hmm. something that meets immediate needs as demanded by existing customers, the people who procure the systems rather yeah. than use them.
0: So so and that's, my, that's my experience, too. You rarely get the time to develop really good interfaces or good systems for the internal users, for the end users. There, there's so much focus on, on the external side or, or, or the, the, the external interfaces of, of things, and you leave mm. the rest to, to your employees to struggle with and, and mm. try to cope mm. with
2: isn't that the case that's, that's what happens because that's where I, a place I'm in at right now in the project I've been working on for three years with now is that we've come to a place we've prioritized the user uh, like the uh, end user of a system but not the, of course the staff working internally at the company uh, But there, and there's so much UX debt there but you d- everyone's talking about deliverables mm. and the problem with deliverables is they are something tangible mm-hmm. so I, I need something that yeah, I can see that you've done we have so much UX debt that we should actually go back and fix stuff yeah. so that people could work more efficiently. But if you do that, there's no, bu- there's nothing to show. No. There's nothing to show people. What are you doing? We're fixing that. But you've worked on that two years ago, but why are you working with that now? Mm. So isn't that the problem in essence? That you're not moving ahead. You're not moving forward.
0: In it seems. <laughs> yeah,
2: in my eyes, I'm moving a yeah. lot forward because yeah. that means the system will be used maybe five, ten years from now. Yeah. If we sh- Now I'm seeing... If we continue at this rate, just building new features and adding complexity, the system will be dead in two years.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I see a similar yeah. thing that I, mm-hmm. I kind of you do the you do the kind of grand thinking with the kind of concept, mm-hmm. the UX, how this would really work well for mm-hmm. the for the end user, mm-hmm. and you you present it. Everyone thinks this is fantastic, mm-hmm. and then they say, well, but in uh, we need to do something in this sprint, mm-hmm. uh, and, and then you kind of have to boil it down to something which is a uh, which is the minimum you could possibly do, mm-hmm. and and still. Acknowledge that mm. maybe it's possible for the user to do what they need to do, mm. and and you get that reply. We can come back to this, and after we've got some more feedback, some more more information, mm. we can come back to this, <laughs> and we can we can redo it in a later mm. sprint. And and I, I hate that because experience has told me, like you point out, Pei, that debt's going to stay there until mm. the product gets completely rebuilt from the ground up.
0: Mm. Yeah. yeah, I actually think that we now. In in many cases we're in the place there we where we should actively try to dismantle some systems. So, sometimes when I when I work on, on a project, it's I I have this dream or or, or when I'm awake I, I I think that I'm in a helicopter sort of hovering about the most complicated intersection of of, of highways like outside Los Angeles or something like where we have like this complete spaghetti mess mm. and the project manager is shouting in my ear we're going to make another highway go through all this <laughs> and mm. it's, it's it's not sustainable mm. it's not sustainable we're, we're, we're coming to a place where our digital ecosystems are won't be sustainable mm. and we have to, to scale down we have to dismantle we have to try to get old systems out of the way and and not just piling up more and more and more on on mm. the environment that we that we present to our users mm. as, uh, our our end users and our internal users or our staff as well i think yeah and uh, and that's that's a challenge because there is this hype now that or we'll be saved by more digital. Yeah. Digitalization will, will save the day, mm. we'll, will, will make us more efficient. And that. how
2: do you make a business case for dismantling systems? Yeah. Well, well,
0: actually, you could do that yeah. because if you just measure mm. I mean, the efficiency, if you would measure the efficiency, if you could state to your mm. project that if we do these, this to the back end now, mm. our staff will be 20% more efficient, mm. then it would be like... No case at all. Yeah. But we, really, seem- we rarely we rarely measure, and we rarely try to to find mm. really the, the most efficient
1: way. Mm. But, but I mean, it, it sounds it sounds so obvious, to sounds so simple, um, dismantling so on. But when you when you're in a situation where um, I mean, you've you, you've got a product, you've maybe even got a, a legacy version of a product on one platform. You've got a you've got a new version of the product. Maybe that's that's web based, and then you've got existing customers. You've got all these existing organizations, and you're there and just saying, "Look, we can see from our helicopter position that this would be so much more effective if we we dismantle this and build you this, bulldoze everything." <laughs> yeah, you, you, you know the the colors going to drain out of people's faces, and they yes, go, "Well, I know we that. have yeah. we can't afford it."
2: Yeah, and it's <laughs> well, you can't afford yeah, exactly, but you can't well, afford to have it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's it's, <laughs> it's it's a hell of a trap yeah it's a hell hmm. of a trap no I, 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 that is really a, a very a huge challenge to to try to make sense of this try to make make uh, a more sustainable environment uh, yeah. but and i i don't have the recipe for how to do it but we have to start thinking about it uh, yeah. really soon
2: and ju- yeah, exactly. And just talking about talking it like this, and it. realizing, oh my God, what are we doing? Because yeah. then you have to realize well, whose responsibility is it. Yeah, and I think it's ours. It should be. Yeah.
0: I yeah. mean, yeah. I mean, we have we have um, of course we have all kinds of different digital environments. One of the things I've been working with, we're working with intranets, mm. is like most intranet pro- projects uh, have this 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 sort of. Motto that we will replace all the, <laughs> the these systems, and we will we have the special system for this, and special system for that, and special system for th- for this and that, mm. and we will all replace, and we'll collect them in a new, brand new intranet. Right? Mm. Sounds mm. good. Yes. Uh, what what happens is that when you then try to take all the small system, you have a small system for procurement, or small system for for uh, other kinds of data, and so on when you try to take them offline, when you try to to dismantle them, technically, Mm. it's often possible. It's often perfectly technically technically possible to integrate it, or or you have it in in your new internet, something that would replace it. Mm. But when you go to that person in the organization who's responsible or the group that is responsible for that system, they have invested their entire sort of identity in the (laughs) organization with that system. Mm. We are the ones who uh, run the service portal yeah. or anything. Sorry, so.
2: Right, and, they've been at, and at parties, people have been asking them, what do you work with? And that, that's, their yes, that's, so that's their answer. That's their answer. So
0: if you, you <laughs> go to them and say, we're going to close down your system, <laughs> yeah. it's a bit like going to someone and say, we're going to kill your child. Mm. You're okay mm. with that? Mm. No, of course they're not <laughs> okay. So, they, so the organization can all often invent um, reasons for having these—I mean, all these islands mm-hmm. still sti- still keep them. We oh, we can't take that. On, we need this for that and mm. for that and that. And so you end up often. You end up with the new internet system, <laughs> and we have the old, the old ones oh, as yeah. well uh, yeah. still there. Oh my god! So so it's um, and then you have probably have the old internet also mm. uh, online because you can't mm. migrate everything mm. over there. Mm. So mm. so the the the. Um, the The good intention of of diminishing uh, the number of systems and it will sort of run into the wall and you end up with more systems mm-hmm. <laughs> than you had or well, mm-hmm. at least not not uh reaching that point of of- elim- eliminating all the the old systems um so that that's what I call
1: the feature creep within the mm. organization um, it's 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 an v- incredibly complex I'm going to say ecosystem now. Thinking about um, uh, Andrea Rosmini the other week, it's a complex ecosystem of 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 individuals, um, of systems and integrations. Yeah, um, uh, I'd i i almost say that it's an impossibly complex for 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 individuals to to comprehend. It's it's mm-hmm. almost impossibly complex to to understand the the entire system. And exactly like you say, Jonas, say that we've got individuals behaving. In human ways, this yeah. is my thing, and, I, and I'm used to this, and I like it, and I want you to change it. Then we've got s- systems behaving in a systematic way, and we're trying to bolt these together with lovely integrations, which another human probably has, has created and designed. And exactly. Incredibly complex.
0: Yeah. I mean, we did this... Um there was a, we had a check at one institution, uh, actually just a library at one of the university hospitals in Sweden. And checking just one day, in, uh, there's 110 employees at that library. Mm-hmm. And in just one day, they used a total number of 117 different systems. 117. 117 during just one day. Oh, my God. Uh, which means that that's not the complete list. So had we looked for two days, we would probably have seen like 130 yeah. systems used. Had we stayed there for three days, it would have been 150 systems. Totally <laughs> long, so mm. so um, and of course, it's just a couple of them, four or five that are used uh, every day by almost everyone or 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 at least every other day. So that's core like system, core f- five or four or six core systems, and then there are like 112, <laughs> 113 systems <laughs> that are used uh, by by say 10 or 15 people each day, mm. uh, but there's 10 or 15 different people each day. So you that's that's the system that you come back to, uh, to perhaps once a month or, mm. or two times a year or something like mm. that. Uh, and that that is the challenge for the individual because you you constantly get in touch with these systems that are not very familiar to you. You need that you only meet once or twice a year, and you you're, you're um, asking yourself, well, how did I how did I handle this system? What was mm. the login here? What kind of format should I enter here? I mean, all these things that mm. that we are familiar with as as UXers mm. that that. that that's the problem with, with many systems when mm-hmm. they're not standardized in, in, in a way. Mm-hmm. No. But the other hand, the other thing is that when you have 117 system and they are integrated with each other, they are connected, not all 117 mm-hmm. perhaps, but many of them are integrated. And that's, I mean, that's the driving force behind much of IT development to integrate these systems. Mm. If you add uh, the 118th system, mm. How many possible connections
2: do you end up with? I did this experiment because when we were getting our second child, I was looking at how many communication points do you have between Mm. all the members of the family. (laughs) And and it increases exponentially, of course, with every system system you add. Exactly.
0: uh, So you end up actually 6,903 possible connections (laughs) when you have 118 Uh, And, (laughs) and of course, all the (laughs) 118 system will not be connected to each other. But let's say we just have 10% of that amount. Uh, That's 690 possible points of friction, Mm. Mm. 690 possible points where things could go wrong. Mm. And it's, like you say, it's almost impossible for a human to to fathom, to, 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 to...
1: yeah to to to, to um, understand this mm-hmm. and just, that just, that's just t- testing that's just we'll testing what new if you 're going to have an upgrade to one of those systems mm-hmm. yeah just the, po- the post soil charged with the task of, of, of packaging that upgrade and testing it's going to be okay i mean it 's it's, it's an Excite. endless number of combinations yes. to test so you 're never going to know really yes, and when you have one hundred and eighteen system.
0: Each one of these systems will be upgraded some t- during <laughs> one week or, or, or uh, some some system will be upgraded during uh, uh a random week so mm-hmm. you will have constant upgrades you will have constant disturbances in the system mm-hmm. so that's mm-hmm. what we're building the 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 you know the we have the what is called the Metcalf's law uh, if you're familiar with that that's that's stating that the value of a network rises exponentially with the number of devices Uh, um, connected mm. to the network. And the classic example is that when we have only one fax machine, it's worth less, and we have two. (laughs) 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 Well, Pat and I can communicate, (laughs) but it's not very much. But when we have a lot of fax machines or telephones, um, the value increases Mm -hmm. because you can. And and there is is an evil twin of Metcalfe's law, And it's that the more devices you have connected, the, the more vulnerable uh, the network also is. And it's especially true mm. because the original Metcalfe's law, law talks about identical devices. Yes, I was just going to mention mm. this. Yes, like yeah. you, it all all fax only works. Machines. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and now we have networks where you yes. connect thousands of different kinds of devices, like mm. the problems we had when running up to this here. Uh, mm-hmm. So So. Uh, the vulnerabilities um, add up, and the inefficiencies build up, mm. and the the complexities uh, build up in a, in an unprecedented way. And unfortunately, I think that that a lot of people that uh, make decisions, politicians or, or leaders in, in companies, they don't understand the exponential rise of the complexity. They see just we add. It should be simple. We add just one system. Yeah. And it should actually be simpler to, mm. to add the 118th system mm. because uh, like if you're you're a carpenter like so making your 118th mm. chair would be much more sim- mm. easy than, than making your mm. first or second mm. but we're, we're on a different scale and we're on a different uh, trajectory so.
1: Mm. I'm, I'm going to put it to you th- um, that the solution maybe to this isn't we talk about reducing complexity and, 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 and pulling down systems and, and, and so on. But I, I suspect that that's not going to happen, is, is my given, given the, the how deeply embedded a lot of these systems are and the numbers of systems. So, so is the solution, going back to the fax example, the reason why you said the fax machine works is because, not because you had two fax machines, but you had two fax machines following the same standards. Yeah. And that works as long as all the fax machines follow s- s- compatible standards, so is really our way forward that we need to be developing and sticking rigidly to um design standards
0: that that certainly would help i mean there is reason you we probably have one hundred and seventeen apps on our smartphones, and that's not as big a challenge or has been noticed last update of my smartphone makes <laughs> me just <laughs> crazy <laughs> but but um to a certain extent i mean it's an open universe so so mm. people comply to standards and that's a good thing because um if a new camera app is similar in interaction to my old camera app, it will be easier for me to 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 make the transition to that one so mm. it it makes sense for a new competitor for a new play to sort of make it. Reasonably uh, similar to 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 interaction interaction wise, mm. at least to to know, and that so so we have a s- quite a good, I think, uh, general standard between the apps here. But that, that's
1: that's that con- that's conventions, isn't it? That's what we're talking about now. Is yeah, it's conventions. Kind of are, 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 it's it's uh, not uh,
0: formal yeah. standards. No, yeah, uh, yes. yeah,
1: so we've we've got a lot of established conventions that we many times adhere to, um, yeah. which is a step, of course, away from being standards. Yeah. It's it's a good first, uh, but in, in the
0: workplace mm. especially, we we don't even see conventions. We see the wild, wild uh, west of, of different interfaces facing mm. people, um, and, and that's a problem. But we, if we could do that, uh, design-wise, that would be a good thing. Um, certainly a way forward uh, to at, at least reduce some of the problems. And we would have, we would like to have standards, of course, also for for exchanging data so, but that's even more complicated and more complex um, but th- I, I would, I would arg- argue that there are ways to simplify things uh, but what history tells us is that it's only possible uh, at times of extreme danger <laughs> yeah. it's the thing mm. that Steve Jobs did uh, coming back to Apple and Apple being like two months from from bankruptcy. Mm. And what he did was to radically erase, let's skip all these products. Mm. Let's take away all these products. Let's take away all these middle Mm. management and and, uh, re-simplify the company. Mm. Exactly the same thing was done in the UK, in Britain, in healthcare. Uh, A couple of years ago, there were... Well, there was this huge scandal in one of the trusts, Staffordshire, I think, where they realized that according to an inv- investigation about a thousand people could have died unnecessarily mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of things like um, the way they organized uh, healthcare. Uh, things like like. <laughs> You, you had this, this rule that if people came into the, the emergency uh, room, uh, they should be treated within like seven minutes. And if there were enough people, too many people in the emergency room, they actually told the, the ambulances to drive around no. uh, to come in later mm. so they could reach the target. There was extremely um, a management system based on targets. Uh, so these practices uh, sort of actually killed people. Uh, and the result of that was that the health secretary in the U.S., in the U.K., with, with one <laughs> cut of the knife sort of scrapped, you do not, we cut away uh, I think a fourth of the numbers, the data that you have to register, the targets that you have to, to uh, send into the government. So we they tried to decrease the load of, of documentation and, and targets that had to be uh, reached. But it's and, – and, and yet another example is, is the um, Scandinavian airline system, the, our SAS airline, which in the 1980s faced also that kind of crisis, like months away from bankruptcy. And the new boss that came in also scrapped a lot of the administration, scrapped a lot of the systems, and, and actually saved the company. Mm. But it takes that urgency – Takes being on the brink of disaster mm. to to uh, make people have the courage to um, transform things as, as drastically as is mm. needed. So so, uh, but the, I mean, we 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 shouldn't ask for a disaster to happen.
2: Well, I was just thinking. So we should push companies more <laughs> towards danger. It's <laughs> kind of the solution then. But maybe not push them towards it, but. Make, help them realize that we're already there. Yes, we're already yes. in that sense of urgency.
0: We're in that sense yeah. with 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 the cyber mm. attacks that mm. we just spoke mm. about and and like, I, I checked out one of the Swedish banks and their entire mm. systems, their entire banking business mm. has been down like every at least once every month the last five mm. months. This is of course a broader challenge for UX, or it's, it's, mm. it's, but but it's I, I think we're. We're in a good position to, to um, make people aware of this. Mm. Um, and we certainly have a lot of allies. I mean, a lot of, of engineers and, and developers also, I think, are realizing this now.
2: Mm. And more of us in UX re- need to realize it and, and take more responsibility, be more aware that we perhaps should
1: take away more than we add. Yeah. Or stand, stand mm. firm. Yeah. don't don't, <laughs> don't give in, I don't, uh, in as mm. quite as often. Mm. Um, I think it's sometimes too easy for us to give in.
2: Yeah, but also it's too easy for us to get excited about new things and, <laughs> and want yeah. to build new things. Yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So much food for thought. Thank you for joining us today, Jonas Sundström.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you for having me.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. I think I've, I I, s- I sound really d- depressed, down, and 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 forlorn um, after that interview in a way is it that bad yeah i I was kind of yeah but i was kind of hitting myself
2: too jesus what am i doing what am i doing am i doing the right things and and like doubting everything but of course it's i mean it's it's what we do but it is hugely complex what we're working with so it is, it's, and we're still doing the good stuff. I mean, we can't say that we're just doing bad stuff. That's
1: impossible. No, no. I mean, this, this, <laughs> there is for you. there's lots of bad stuff out there, as we've discussed. But you know, we do some excellent stuff as well. And and yeah, bearing in mind that it's a very very complex digital ecosystem we are working in, and we are, I suppose maybe we're the most sensitive because we're at the front of the pack on this one. We're the one. We're mm-hmm. the ones that are getting kind of you know hurt on the front line Well the users are the ones that are getting hurt on the front line but we're, we're the mm. ones who have the, the understanding the empathy I guess Right
2: and also the ability to make something or do mm. something about it mm. Yeah So I mean if we stick to our principles if we stick to design thinking I mean we will learn I mean if we are intent on learning enough about the user's situation then I think we'll uncover all these
1: things and we'll do better work No it's going to be the group hug thing again isn't it the stay strong
2: but we're all we're also the ones who can who can visualize the complexity of it all. Yeah. Who can visualize all these connections between in the integrations and and make sure that more people who have, uh, are in leadership roles and in management positions understand these problems as well.
1: Communicate. Uh, we're not just visualize, but also well, part of visualization is communication. Yeah. We communicate some of the the, the um, challenges here and the benefits, mm. and f- focus on the benefits. Uh, this is um exactly. this is one thing that worries me with the whole, um you know saving, you know, effectivization, or saving money is when you start talking about um, reducing something, uh, isn't making something cost less, making something take less mm. time. It, it pulls you down as opposed to lifting you up. It's kind of how can, how can things improve, do more of something, do things you know, better and lift things up. Exactly.
2: So let's, let's just help people understand this dilemma and, and more people will be able to do something about it.
1: Yeah. Let's hope so.
2: <laughs> okay visit uxpodcast.com for the show notes if you can't reach them from your podcast client and if you've enjoyed ux podcast now let a colleague or a friend know and encourage them to listen too. i wrote that for you per, and i i realized i know you I was, almost you I almost was, said
1: reach them from your ux podcast client didn't you exactly i mean <laughs> this is this was a new i wasn't look, do you, do do you, do you want, me want me to read it do Go it <laughs> So visit uxpodcast.com for the show notes. Um, if you can't reach them from your podcast client, then um, no, I see. I've done, it's badly written, isn't it? <laughs> well, you, you 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 were trying to make a point there. Yeah, the point was that you might not be able to. You might be able to see the the, the show notes in the client you're, you're looking at. You might not be able to look at the client because you're driving, but you can always <laughs> get to the stuff from the website. That's kind of the point. <laughs> right. Remember to keep moving. See you on the other side.